We find ourselves today in Paul's letter to the church of Philippi. We're in the second chapter, the first verse through the 13th verse. Hear these words. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who in being the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that I might be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you have for me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever been lost? I mean, really, have you ever been lost? There there are two times in my life, directionally, that I have been lost. And one, I just have to say lost to my family, and they crack up laughing. They crack, it was a monumental mistake on my part. I was in a town I knew very well, and for some reason, I didn't know where I was. It was one of those moments I didn't know the way out of town. I didn't know where to go. My brain was young and healthy back then. I didn't have an excuse. And my family thinks it's the funniest story there is, is that dad got lost when he was driving. And I can play that one off. But there's another one. When I was lost. I was lost so bad that I was scared. Ever been there? Lost so deep into the woods, so much into the salt cedars, the clouds 
were over in a dark sky and I'd stayed much too long in the woods where I should have been going home earlier and it was dark and there was no moon in the night. The clouds had rolled in and every landmark I knew on a friend's ranch was gone. Gone. First time I'd ever been up onto the backside of his ranch and hunted his ranch and, and I stayed way too late. And the time came for me to crawl down and I couldn't find my way out. I started the trail that I thought I had brought in, and then I came to another place, and I didn't know which way to go. And next thing I know, I'm standing in the middle of a bunch of salt cedars that I can't hardly walk through, and I'm lost. There's nothing to guide my way. And I'm thinking, it's late at night, and, and I know what's out here on this ranch, and I know what animals live out here. And granted, I had a weapon in my hand, but I was lost. And it was everything I could do to take a deep breath and not let a sense of panic come in over me and, and know that I might have to spend the night down there in those salt cedars. You ever been there? You ever been so lost in your life that life throws you a curveball and a sense of panic starts to come over you, whether it be a, a broken marriage that you're trying to recover or, or a child who's acting out or a grief has come and set up on your shoulders and, and you're lost. Your job is not what it was supposed to be, and your boss is not the man or the woman that they were supposed to be. Your family's struggling through tough times, and you find yourself what you think is familiar territory, but you find yourself lost. Have you been there? Do you know what lost feels like? Paul's writing to his church today, and it's a church that he's established, a church he's established out of love, and it's a church that he's guided and directed into doing great and miraculous things, and the church is growing and growing, and then Paul gets locked up, and the church gets lost. The church gets lost because the church does exactly what we as people of God do every time we get lost. We turn inward. We turn inward and we start to worry about what our direction is. How are we going to get out of this mess? What's the world going to do for us? And how can we control every situation around us? Anybody do that? You start to build your walls. You start to form your path. You start to figure out, I'm strong enough to carry this on my own. I can take care of it myself. I know I can forge a way through these salt cedars and I can find a way to the creek and I can crawl my way up the bank and I can get out of here if I could just find the creek. If I could just get over this grief, if I could just fix my marriage, if I could just get my children straight, if I could just find a job where I would be happy all the time, if I could just get people to like me, if I could just live in the right part of town, if I could just drive the perfect car, if I could just. And Paul's church was doing the same thing. They were struggling. There especially were two women in the church who were struggling about who was going to be in control and who was going to take care of things and who was going to guide things. And they were trying to be the word of God for the people of God. And yet they weren't even close to God. And they had lost all their direction. They had lost their all sense of their stability. They had, they had lost everything about them. It's the same thing we do when we find ourselves lost. We're lost from Jesus. We're lost from unity in Christ. Paul says, do not do anything out of self-ambition. Do not do anything that's about you. Do not do anything that promotes you or your way. But in all things, be humble before God. When I was lost, I was scared. I had a cell phone, but I was in a part of the world. Cell phones don't work. 
I could barely, I texted my friend and I, I had to wait. It took a long time for my friend to get my text and, and text me back. Where are you? I don't know. Have you ever found yourself lost and you don't know where you are? And you're trying to control things and you're trying to make things all about you. We do it in the church. We come here under God's name, under the name of Jesus Christ. And we sit on the pews and we get involved in the programs. And we try to make things our way because you know what? We're lost. We've lost the intimacy with Christ. So we think if we can just control the church or we can control our lives, that we can be back in in connection with God again. And God sends a little text message our way and says, where are you? Where are you? I watched a movie this weekend with my lovely wife, and it's called The Lost Husband. Please go watch it. it it's, a, it's a good show. It's a deep show. But it's a, if you take movies deep, it's a deep show. And a lady named Libby has lost her husband. And she's trying to cope with the grief after that. And her life has all changed. She's lost her house. She's had to move. Her mother's dysfunctional. And all this stuff goes on in her life. And, and, and part of the movie, she's at, at a birthday party for her aunt. And she's dancing with this man who's become her friend. And, and this song plays. And it's by Bob Snyder out of Austin, Texas. It's, it's a song that's called, um, I Wish the World Would Do What I Want It to Do. I wish the world would do what I want it to do. And when I heard that song, I thought, you know what? That's how we live. When we're lost in, in, away from Jesus Christ, that's how we live. We live our lives wishing the world would do what we want it to do. We, we frame a picture that we think is all pretty and perfect and, and will cause us no pain or, or anything, and we get away from Jesus. Or if we do have Jesus, we paint Jesus into this little picture to be the Jesus that we want Jesus to be. We want, you know, the God that we want God to be. We, we have a perfect picture of who God is. You know, we, we've painted pictures of Jesus and there, there's lots of artists interpretation of who Jesus are who aren't even close to the rendering of who Jesus really was. I mean, his skin color's wrong, his eye color's wrong, his hair color's wrong, everything's wrong about him. And we do the same thing because we get lost in our lives and we think we can control everything. And Paul says, y'all, y'all quit. Quit doing things out of selfish ambition. Quit doing things to promote yourself. Quit doing things to make life what you think life should be. But in all things, humble yourself. We don't like that word, do we? You know why we don't like that word? Because when you tell somebody to humble themselves, they think it means to be weak. And humility has nothing to do with weakness. Humility is one of the strongest strongest ways of living we can live if we live as humble servants unto god that doesn't mean we're lowly that doesn't mean people can walk on us that doesn't mean that we have to be the martyr of the cause that we have to martyr our life just to show other people jesus what it means is that wherever and whatever we're doing we let god go first We let God lead us into who it is we are. God's blessed each of us with talents and gifts and voices and all these different things that we can do. And if we use them for selfish gain, 
then we're doing it out of selfish ambition. But if we'll allow God to walk before us in humility, and we'll go where God leads us in humility, and we'll allow people to be who they are, and not try to form them in our image, then we can humbly serve God and we can build a community that is united in Christ. That's what God wants more than anything. God wants humanity to be be united, to see the beautiful creation in diversity and be united, to allow all people to be who it is God is creating them to be. God did not make you master over anyone's life. Whether you be parent, whether you be grandparent, whether you be aunt, whether you be uncle. God didn't make us master over anybody's lives. There's a term I learned during part of my spiritual journey, and it's called a sojourner. Someone who's in the journey with you. And I think, you know, as Christians, maybe that's who we need to be. Is we need to remove ourselves from being lost and thinking we're powerful over people and that we're going to guide the world into the way we want it to be and we can say who's where and who does what. We can stand on other people's shoulders so so we can show people how great we are. Maybe what God really wants us to do and what Paul's saying today is that we need to be humble and we need to allow people to be who it is God has created them to be so that they can experience Christ in the fullest so we can be sojourners in the journey with them. We can walk along side by side, not ahead, not behind, but walk along side by side so that we can be sojourners in the journey and and we can love one another into a a, a community that's united in Christ instead of a, a community that's divisive in Christ. People always talk to me about churches and over my 20 something years of ministry, I've always said this and y'all don't take this wrong, but I've always said this. If you want to be, if you love an organization, don't get intimate with it. You don't know why? Because organizations are run by human beings. And human beings can be ugly people. And a struggle for power is the ugliest struggle you will ever experience. And it will ruin you on the institution you love. The church is the same way. We're an organization. We're an institution. And we're not talking about the church today. We're talking about a relationship with God. Inviting you not to try to form church or any organization or any person into your image. Inviting you to understand when you're lost. Don't cry out so that the world can be who it is you think the world should be. But that you should humble yourself and take on the mind. You hear what Paul said? Take on the mind and spirit of Christ Jesus. The mind and spirit of the holiest of the holies. The one who is now seated at the right hand of the Father. The one who now looks over us and walks with us, who knows our every need. The one who died for us on a cross, even more importantly, rose again from the tomb so that we might have life ever after. after. That's that's who God's calling us to really mimic and be in relationship with. You see, Libby was grieving. Grieving. Grief shuts you down. Grief puts a black curtain in your life, a heavy cloak in your life. 
And it shut Libby down. She had two kids. She, she must not have had any way of income. She lost her house. She lost everything. She had to move in with her Aunt Jean out on an old farm around Austin, Texas, where they had chickens and goats, and they milked the goats, and every animal, you know, provided something for their existence. They had a big garden they took care of. And this is a city girl moving out to the country with her aunt. And she took her lost self to be around somebody who could give her comfort or at least give her a place to live and and give her kids a place to live. And you know what Aunt Jean did? She took on the mind and heart of Christ. She welcomed Libby right where Libby was. Right in the midst of her grief, right in the midst of her darkness. But she didn't let her stay there. She did not let her stay there. You see, that's what Paul's trying to tell the church. Folks, if we won't do anything out of selfish ambition, if we'll seek God in everything that we do, if, if we'll take on the heart and mind of Christ and live together, God will form for us a future that we can't fathom. God will form for us a ministry that we can't fathom. God will form for us a life that we can't fathom. Because God wants nothing for us but to be happy, but to be good, but to live knowing that we are loved by God, that we live in grace. But we're people and we get lost and we refuse and we push and we struggle. And we try to form the world in our own image. But we, the people of God, have to allow Jesus to take over our heart, the Holy Spirit to move in our life and God to shape our lives like God wants to. You want to know who became the top hand on the farm? Libby. The farm manager, James, grabbed Libby, took her under his arm and said, this is how everything works. A city girl thrown into country life. Thrown into country life. And somewhere in time, she looked like she had always been there. Rubber boots on. It was Austin, Texas. Overalls on, bandana tied around her neck, hair pulled back. She knew how to run the pulsators. She knew how to feed. She could pick up a bale of hay. All of those things. God formed in her a new understanding of life. A new understanding. And when she received that new understanding of what it meant to exist, God was able to work in her. Because until she got to that point where she could exist again, when, when she could shed the cloak a little bit and step into the new life with Jesus, until she got to that point, God couldn't form in her what God had for her. As long as she was selfishly trying to heal herself, selfishly trying to figure out what life was about, she couldn't move forward. But the minute she gave herself up, The minute we give ourselves up to God and we take on the heart and mind of Christ, that is when God can begin to form a purpose in our lives. God can begin to reach out to us. The text said, look to the south. There wasn't a moon. I didn't know where the south was. I guessed where the south was. Look to the south. I texted back. I said, I don't know which way is south. Hold up your phone so I can see the light. Really? I'm in salt cedars this tall. 
And we had a conversation for 20 minutes. You know where my friend was? He was parked up above the river. Pulled his truck up to the very edge as far as he could and had his lights on bright. And you know what he said to me? Look for the light. I was drowning in fear. I was fighting panic. I only cared about surviving. And my friend parked up to where I could see a light, see a way out. Aunt Jean welcomed Libby into her life and gave her back to the, ex- the basics of existence so that she could see a light and get her feet on the ground again and begin a process to heal. When I heard that song, I wish the world would do what I want it to do by Bob Snyder, Libby had come full circle. She had visited an old house where she grew up. She had dealt with some demons of her past. And she was dancing in the arms of a new man who loved her. You see, if we, the people of God, are brave enough to not do anything from selfish ambition. And we're brave enough to give ourselves up with the heart and mind of Jesus Christ, to, to submit ourselves to the Spirit of God working in our lives. We can deal with those demons. We can deal with those places of pain that we've pushed way far back. We can deal with those problems in our lives and allow God to have them so that we can stand up again so that we can become a church again, so that we can become a human being again, so that we can become a community again that stands under the grace of God. We don't stand by our own power. We don't stand by our own selfish ambition. We stand because we have a Savior who died for us. And we have a God who breathed out grace to us. The last verse of the song says this. I wish that Jesus would go shining through the sky and tell me that everything would be all right. I wish Jesus would come shining in the sky and tell me that everything would be all right. We are the people of God. And we come from all walks of life. And we walk in a world today that is different than we've ever envisioned our world to be. And we bring all of our hurts and our struggles to that world. And we worry about what the pandemic's going to be like. We worry about the, the, the struggle with racism. We worry about the election. But most of all, we worry about our own lives. But today, let us hear the words from Paul. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Take on the mind and spirit of Christ Jesus. For it is God who works in you and God who has a purpose for you. Live into the will of God for your life. I finally made it through the salt cedars. I found the trail up to where my friend was parked. And I got in the truck. And I went like this. Some of us need to see the light. And we need to exhale. And we need to be unified with Christ.
this day, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, do not do anything out of self-ambition. Take on the mind and heart of Christ Jesus and allow God, God's power, God's Holy Spirit to walk with you in everything you do and let Jesus shine the light in your life. Amen and amen. Thank you.